Welcome to Grow PDX here on X-Ray FM. Grow PDX is a live call-in radio show and podcast focused on gardening, farming, community food systems, and more. You know, plants for people, pollinators, and the planet. And now we turn to the host of Grow PDX, Weston Miller of Oregon State University. Good afternoon and welcome to Grow PDX. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Weston Miller, with digital producer Diana Suarez of X-Ray FM. Grow PDX airs every Wednesday at 1 p.m. here on X-Ray. And you can also catch a live video stream of the show on Facebook at The Oregonian. If you have any gardening questions for us, post them to Facebook. We'd be happy to answer them during the show. Today on Grow PDX, we're joined by Ariel Solomon of Portland Community College, Southeast Campus Learning Garden. Welcome, Ariel. Thanks. Hello. Thanks, Thanks for, coming. for coming. And we are going to get to know Ariel soon, but first we've got some gardening jokes. Starting with this: What vegetable can tie your stomach in knots? I don't know what. Not shoestring. String beans. <laughs> string beans. Those are uh, delightful. I like. Yeah, string and beans. here's another one from <laughs> Shell Silverstein. Oh. What did the carrot say to the wheat? Um, I don't know what. Let us rest. I'm feeling beat. <laughs> <laughs> and one more. What kind of socks does a gardener wear? Garden hose. <laughs> <laughs> and Ariel, you have a joke for us as well. Please. I do have a joke. Oh, get it, girl. Uh, why do potatoes make good detectives? I don't know. Mm, I they're actually know this one because they've got their eyes peeled. Awesome. Those are fun. <laughs> And next on Grow PDX, as is our tradition, we're going to celebrate the plant of the week. And this week, it's Ceanothus thrissiflorus, the California blue blossom. Okay. I brought a sample in here from my yard. It's really cool. It's really cool. What do you see? Um, Well, there's like some stalks with some longish, almost like baby lilac kind of situation. California lilac is a common oh, name okay. for the plant. Well, yeah, super glossy leaves. Super glossy, Hello. dark green, evergreen leaves. Yeah. And how about the smell? Can you smell it? I the pollen? I'm sick. I, I'm sick. I can't smell you anything. You can't smell it. Okay. <laughs> nice. Um, owl, yeah, it smells quite strongly of pollen. And overall, I'd say that California blue blossom or ceanothus is definitely one of my favorite landscape plants. Okay. This one is a native variety kind of to the south part of the state in the the coastal mountains and things I love about Ceanothus is one is it reminds me of California central coast of California where I'm from two the blue flowers are just beautiful and Native Americans would use the flowers and um, add them to water and it creates a little bit of a suds so it's a a first soap as it were okay and then um, it's just (laughs) phenomenal at attracting honeybees and bumblebees when I harvested this today yeah it's pollinator week yeah it's pollinator week at PCC it's we're celebrating it this week Next week is National Next Pollinator Week. Is, yeah. Week. Oh, um, nice. There was just an awful lot going on. And then overall with Ceanothus, um, this is the wild type, and it's going to get about 15 or 20 feet tall. There's also a bunch of cultivars. There's ground covers. There's mm. shrubs that are smaller, like in the four to six foot range. Okay. Um, the ones I have of those died this this last winter because yes. we got so cold, so they're yeah. not quite as cold hardy. Okay. But the wild type variety here is super cold hardy. Mm. Um, I got some damage on them and trimmed that all off. And mm-hmm. right about now, they're looking really good with their flowers Ooh. and their glossy green leaves. Yeah. So yeah, Ceanothus cool. thrissiflorus. Uh, California Blue Blossom. Cool. Ariel, do you have anything else to add about California Blue Blossom? 
It's an awesome evergreen, um, okay. especially around Portland. It's a great awesome. thing to have. Yeah. Yeah, cool. and evergreens are you know not as common as deciduous shrubs. Let's say mm-hmm. so. It's a, it's a great landscape plant. Got it. Cool. You're with Grow PDX here on X-Ray FM and via Facebook Live at The Oregonian. I'm your host, Weston Miller. Diana Suarez, do we have folks joining us on Facebook today? We don't have a whole lot of friends joining us today, but thanks so much for tuning in if you're out there in Radioland. Um, And if you want to ask us a question, please do so on Facebook or by shooting us a text at 971-220-KXRY. There we go. Yeah. You're with Grow PDX. On X-Ray FM, I'm Weston Miller with Diana Suarez. And now we're going to get to know Arielle Solomon. She's with Portland Community College Southeast Learning Gardens. Arielle, the learning gardens there at PCC is relatively new. Who started the garden? How did this all get going? Yeah, so there's a, at Southeast Campus, we have a green team, which is a group of staff and faculty and students. Okay. And in the last few years, they decided, hey, we, we really want a learning garden on our campus, which is the newest of the four campuses at PCC. And so they applied for a grant um, through the student funds, and they got it started. So it really started with students. Awesome. That's really awesome. Why yeah. Why did you guys want to have a learning garden? What, what, yeah, what was the mission behind it? Yeah, um, especially our campus. It's one of the with Cascade. It's the they're the most urban campuses of the mm-hmm, four, and mm-hmm. it's also the smallest and the newest. And okay. so we don't have a lot of just kind of green space and uh, areas on campus that the classes can enhance their standard classroom learning with yeah. hands-on gardening and um, uh-huh. agriculture and biology. I mean, it's really a multidisciplinary space. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, not to mention, it's a beautiful place to eat your lunch and do your homework. Yeah, yeah. And cool. it's just right there on the center of campus. Uh, it's it's a little bit on the side of campus, but it's not. <laughs> Not a big campus, so okay. it is not far from anything. Got it. Cool. <laughs> Ariel, and what's your role at the Learning Garden Lab, and how long have you been there? Yeah, so my role is the Learning Garden Coordinator, um, and I've been here for about nine months. Okay. Um, and what I have been doing up until now is coordinating the building of the garden. There was really nothing there when I started. It was just kind of gravel and some irrigation and electricity wires. And yeah. so now, you know, we've coordinated all the building of it, and then now I get to manage the garden itself, which is really exciting. And cool. what's going to be happening there this summer? This summer, we have uh, picnic days, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays from 11 to 1, where we're going to be doing gardening tasks, whatever needs to be done, harvesting, um, and then eating your lunch. And we have lawn games and picnic blankets and just hanging out, making it a, a okay, really good so community space. so casual place for students to come totally. during lunch and hang yeah. out, meet some new people, do a little gardening. Absolutely. Just enjoy themselves and have their lunches. Cool. Yeah, cool. And then how do you overall tie it to the curriculum? Or you're still working on that? Yeah, that's definitely a piece that takes um, longer. Longer because build, it, it yeah. goes a lot deeper. Um, the the first part of that was just getting it established in here, but it is for mm-hmm. all disciplines. And so we've already had a lot of um, ESOL classes, which is English speakers of other languages, mm-hmm. um, come out to the garden, uh, mm-hmm. get their hands dirty, yeah. come to our volunteer work parties, all sorts of things. But also um, just getting curriculum written and getting it established for other for other disciplines. Yeah. Also, w- one thing to note on that is one thing that I found really amazing I, when I met Ariel down at PCC um, one of your colleagues uh, you know one of your team members was talking about how they wanted to put labels of all the vegetables in all of the languages that were spoken at the community college which I think is just so cool just like you know everybody learning all these different things and that's just one way that we can all connect because we all eat food and you know a carrot is a carrot is a carrot as una zanahoria you know totally and, um, I just think that's a really amazing concept and I'm really thank you so much for all the work you guys are doing out there yeah really thank cool. you and to yeah, take that, that one cool. step so further multicultural labels is a great way to yeah. engage community 
community, especially there out on 82nd and Division. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally. yeah. yeah. Cool. You were saying. And that. we'll have, yeah, we'll have our uh, CAD, our computer-aided computer draft and design students actually make those signs with engraving and 3D printing. Oh, cool. Yeah. Just like cool. super. So it's um, super applied learning yeah. based on Every the needs of your site. Has, yeah. And there's yeah. lots of different instructors and Talk about folks. Community. So you have totally. really good yeah. administrative support and programmatic support, it sounds like, from the get-go. Yeah, we would not have been able to do this project this quickly or with this much success without the support of the administration and uh, and everyone on campus. Yeah, cool. is, is that similar? Is that the similar story at other PCC campuses? Do you guys ever do any cross like gardening situations? We do. We're, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have been in communication with um, specifically Rock Creek and Sylvania campuses. Awesome. Cascade doesn't have a garden yet. They've tried oh. a few times. There's just no space for it, especially because mm-hmm. right. it's right in the middle of the city. Yeah. Um, but they all have really different goals and they've cr- been created in different ways. So ours being smaller is not going to be the same as Rock Creek, for example, who sure. produce they have just a, great a lot site out of there food. And just yeah. want to give a shout out to Elaine Cole mm. and Blair Borax who are there at the Rock Creek. Yeah, and it's Miriam. a really awesome mm-hmm. location. Um, if folks have never been out there, go to the PCC Rock Creek campus and they have a, a great functional sort of large scale learning garden. And also, similarly, at, at the Rock Creek campus, you can learn a lot about landscape plants by walking around the campus because there's stuff that's labeled there, which is part of their landscape tech program mm-hmm. cool. as a community college. Cool. Arrow, can you describe what the physical space looks like at the Learning Center at PCC Southeast? Yeah. So um, it's really nice because it's all visible from Division. We're at Division and oh. 82nd in Southeast. Yeah. And... Um, Probably the most visible aspect, if you're on the Facebook live feed, you can um, see what I'm holding up, which is a geodesic dome model. And um, we have a geodesic dome greenhouse that we built back in April in four days with volunteers. Whoa, you guys made this in four days? Yeah. What are the dimensions of it in real life? So it's 26 feet in diameter, and it's about 16 feet um, to the tallest point in the center of the dome. And it's by far the coolest thing to look at from the outside (laughs) or the inside. Yeah, what's Um, inside? Inside right now, we're growing um, a lot of, we started a lot of our seeds this okay. spring, and there have we have a 1,200-gallon water tank that helps with temperature regulation in the nice. wintertime. Yeah. Um, there's just a lot of cool stuff growing in there, and we uh-huh. hopefully to get some, uh, you know, lemon trees or some more tropical plants that we could grow awesome. in a, a warmer environment all year round. Yeah. Um, it's Sweet. Great. There's really nothing more fun than managing a greenhouse. Yes. Especially, <laughs> especially a, a cool spring a, a that dome we've had shaped. this last yeah. year. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. You're yeah. with Grow PDX radio show and podcast. We're talking with Ariel Solomon of the Learning Gardens Lab at PCC Southeast Campus. Um, and you have a map. Tell us about the food forest that's part of your your operation there at PCC Southeast. Yeah, the food forest was a project that happened in conjunction with the Learning Garden, kind of parallel but um, but separate. And we that's part of edible landscaping and increasing pollination and just sustainable landscaping all around the campus and so we have um, different fruit trees that has we have an interactive map on our website that you can access um, and go around everything is labeled and so there are fig trees and persimmons and all sorts of berries Um, and it's and this is edible landscaping it's not just in one location it's really it's all over yeah the the learning garden is in one location and the food forest is everywhere on campus so if you look for them they're all they're all over oh my gosh I can just like be going to class and pick up a carrot on the way to totally they're more perennials yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Berries and fruit trees and things like that. Nut trees also. 
cool. And the idea yeah. with that is just to introduce folks to the kinds of fruit that we can grow here. Mm -hmm. And then also people could eventually pick a plum on the way totally. from biology class to yeah. so computer class. And also to show, to be a demonstration, which is a big part of the learning garden of how an urban campus, especially, and how things in the city, you can still grow food mm -hmm. um, all over the place, even mm -hmm. if you don't have a space for a farm or a garden. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Now, um, for PCC students, how can they get involved in the Southeast Garden beyond the, the lunch program that you've described for the summer? Yeah. Um, well, during the year, we have uh, weekly work parties every Wednesday from 11 to 1 at the garden. Mm -hmm. um, and that is the best time to come out and do any sort of hands-on planting or harvesting or transplanting. Anything that we need to do in the garden happens then for sure. Um, we're also... Uh, we have events throughout the summer that we'll be posting on our Facebook page and on our website. And there's um, our educator, uh, Jen. She is going to be doing a Seed to Supper course, which nice. is kind of put on by the Oregon Food Bank. Um, okay, that's starting um, on Thursdays in the summertime. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And I imagine that food security is a really a challenge for some community college students. How does the garden and how does this food forest help to address that? Yeah, it's something that we've thought about a lot from the beginning. It's un it's unfortunate that we have a large population of students that experience food insecurity in various ways and that we're the smallest campus, so we don't have a lot of room to uh, you know grow food for them. Right. But um, a big part of what we're trying to do is, is teach them how to grow their own food in the city and here. And we, I mean, our food is all going to be going back to the students and so it's definitely for them and for the campus and we want to teach them ways that they can also plug in at home and, and do it themselves. Right and how will the food go back to students to envision? We have a, a pantry on campus called the Panther Pantry um, mm -hmm. and it's partnered with Oregon Food Bank and so we will eventually once we kind of get a solid production be donating directly to that. Okay. Until then we're going to we have a little stand we're going to put in the, one of the main areas on campus that will just put all the food out there once the okay. volunteers so have taken some. So food will be free totally. and people it's all can, for this, yep. can take it and um, that's a really cool way to go and I imagine you might be able to introduce people to some new foods as well mm -hmm. and to hopefully encourage people to eat veggies who otherwise might not be getting their... Um, daily recommended allowances of yeah. fresh fruit and veggies. Yeah, I mean, the food desert is, yeah. is a real, Ariel, a real do thing. You, do you know, any? Uh, speaking of food deserts, like how accessible fresh produce is in that area? Well, it's tricky because it's, it's hard to know where, I don't know all the stats of where all of sure. our student body is located, but mm -hmm. in Southeast Portland, I mean, there are not, if you think about, you know, the food co-ops and there's farmer's markets, a lot of them are, are more concentrated, I think, on the west side or, or right. west, you know, inner Southeast. Inner Southeast, yeah. yeah, yeah so um, there is definitely, you know, there are there are things here and there, but um, yeah. between Southeast Portland and Gresham, there's, you know, totally. there needs to be more for sure. Yeah, I know. I mean, there's like a new seasons every three miles. Mm -hmm. You know, inner southeast, south northeast, north, east yeah, and that part of town. There certainly yeah. there are groceries and Fubon groceries right near there. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's still it's a it's a different part of town. And eighty second is a little bit scary to walk down in terms of just all the traffic and noise and everything. Yeah, so yeah. I imagine that um, there are certainly pockets of folks out there who are food insecure and then just the the wider community mm -hmm. in that part of town. Um, and there's a, a food co-op that's in the works out oh, in Southeast. Okay. The Montevilla Food Co-op is uh, ah, getting more members. That's really and, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. You're with Grow PDX radio show and podcasts. I'm Weston Miller with Diana Suarez of X-Ray FM. We are talking with Ariel Solomon of the PCC Gardens in Southeast and have a question from listener Sean Swaggerty who asks, 
Um, it's been chilly again, and is the ground temperature warm enough for my tomatoes and peppers to go in? He talked to folks at a nursery, and they said yes, but he wants a second opinion. And I would say, yeah, absolutely. Now is the time to be planting your warm season crops like tomatoes and peppers and things like that. It has been cool, but we definitely hope that it does warm up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Overall, I would say folks are still choosing their varieties to think about cooler or like short season varieties of tomatoes and peppers that will be more likely to do well if the summer doesn't happen to be very warm. Mm-hmm. Um, but now's the time, absolutely. And if you can um, improve the warmth around the plants by um, using plastic mulch mm. or by using little cloches or, or cold frames and things like that to cover up the plants, even as something as simple as a little plastic uh, milk jug with the bottom cut off mm-hmm. placed around a baby tomato plant can warm things up and mm. help them to get off to a little bit better start. So the answer is yes, go ahead and plant. And then you really have until the end of um, June or so to get those things in the ground if you want any production. But the sooner you do it, the better off you're going to be. And then come early to mid-August, you'll start to be able to harvest those tomatoes and peppers, and Mm -hmm. it'll be a happy day. Cool. (laughs) Let's see. Ariel, let's get specific about the kinds of plants for Learning Gardens Lab. And really, there's... um, I just want to clarify, Learning Gardens, not Learning Gardens not, Lab, yeah, the Southeast the learn- Learning yeah, Gardens. Sorry. Yeah, Okay, thank you. Right, I'm so used to saying the Learning Gardens Lab because <laughs> that's my site. Totally. Um, what are some of the easier crops to grow in an educational type garden? Yeah, I mean, vegetables are always the hit for sure because mm-hmm. people kind of can recognize them easier. And a lot of people, if they have gardens, chances are they're growing an edible. Yeah. Um, so we definitely have, we have a lot of raised beds, but we do have a lot of edible perennials that are there as well. Um, we have a lot of we have a double herb spiral in the garden. So we Ooh. have culinary and medicinal herbs, okay, which are nice. really great for spices and, cool. and okay. medicine. So. Cool. And how in a garden we really have an opportunity to gauge people's breadth of senses, their touch, their smell, and so on. Totally. What are some plants that you like to use to get people to touch plants? Yeah, um, we actually have a hardy banana plant growing. Ah. Um, and those, if you've never seen them, they just, if you think of tropical plant, that's what image <laughs> comes to mind. They're yeah. just huge, huge leaves, really smooth, really, really nice. Yeah. Yeah. So we have that. And then for kiddos, um, I always like to recommend sage, which is like uh-huh. a really bumpy leaf. And that can yeah. be a really fun one. You can use it to brush your teeth or kind of rub it around. So that one's a really nice one to touch too. And yeah. it smells awfully good and when you get great. in there. <laughs> and um, I like to pet lavender plants mm-hmm. and sages mm-hmm. and rosemaries totally. and all the, the main herbs. Also, but just like dirt just putting your hands mm-hmm. in the dirt itself is just gr- it's very therapeutic for me anyway and yeah, yeah it is very in therapeutic the dirt, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and then i would also say for touch plants um lamb's ears or mm. stackies is mm-hmm. a really good one um super soft it can get kids to really slow down and touch yeah. the plants in a cool way absolutely yeah. and then are there any other faves that you have as good plants just to be around lo- a lot of people things that can sort of get walked on or things that mm. can um handle being in a community setting Totally. We have a lot of uh, of thyme, creeping thyme, grown mm-hmm. around in some of the different perennial mounds, and that is um, a ground cover. It'll just kind of spread and take over that whole mound, and they're not meant to be walked on, the, the mounds, but um, it definitely can take a little bit of of uh, beating, beating up. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. What are some of the um, 
plant I, I know you said vegetables but like specifically is there anything that people at the learning garden are super excited about generally or really want to plant yeah I mean tomatoes are always mm-hmm. a crowd favorite and mm-hmm. a crowd pleaser so we do have or a lot of tomatoes that are growing and we yeah. have a lot of strawberries yeah. yeah some are fruiting already and we'll kind of leave them be the first sure. um, f- season or two but we have uh, blueberry bushes that are growing yeah. um, we have a lot of different we have josta berries Ooh. that are going to be growing I mean, so the, I've never heard of a josta yeah berry. it's a mix between a gooseberry and a currant okay which is great. Cool. Yeah. So they're, we're excited. Um, to see. They're pretty strong in flavor for sure, yeah. but they make really good preserves. And I've got a lot of them, and I'm concerned like in two weeks from now, there's going to be a lot of Josta berries. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to make some Josta berry jam? Yeah. Well, last year, that's what we did. But this year, I need to find someone else to help totally. harvest and make them because they, um, they really are really great producers. Uh-huh. Uh, but they... The um the Eastern European communities, the Russian folks like Josta berries. Got it. So that's where they're from. Good so to know. Uh-huh. um yeah, I think especially at the southeast site, yeah. um you'll have a a wide range of different ethnic groups who will appreciate different kinds of plants that you have yeah. grown up. We have yeah. kiwi vines grown up. One of our arbors, oh. which is cool. Folks that often realize that kiwis are, can grow and do grow in that's Oregon. Amazing. Yeah, which yeah. is great. Yeah, fuzzy Ooh. kiwi or the hardy kiwis. Um, one of the vines is fuzzy, which it's I assume means we got them donated. So you I don't know this. Donated. specific okay. variety but um. yeah so i'd say with kiwis you got a couple choices if you want the the fuzzy type kiwis that you buy at stores mm-hmm. um those ones um uh, mm, grow pretty well here but with all kiwis you need a male and a female so right yeah have we do have, have two grown up both two sides grown of up the... both sides yeah um those ones are not super hardy and on a really cold year like we had this last mm-hmm. year they may or may not make it especially if the plants are young yeah. there are hardy kiwis uh-huh. and these the berries are smaller they're more grape like and you can actually eat the skin of them mm-hmm. and, I believe uh, the ones that we have are hardy yeah because yeah, they're made kiwis. to last yeah. the, on the so um, but cool. they're definitely a good choice with kiwis yeah. uh, they take some patience and then some training because they're mm-hmm. they're vines and they grow super vigorously. Yeah. So um, over time, you should get a good fruit set if you train them right. Yeah. Cool. Now, Ariel, you have a super cool job. It sounds like. How did you first get in the field of educational gardening, and what kind of advice do you have for folks who might want to get into that work, line of work? Well, I um, started off at a summer camp in Wisconsin that I went to as a camper for many years and was as a staff member, and I was the nature specialist out there. Um, And I got my permaculture design certification, which was uh, paid for by a grant, and then was able to kind of redesign the garden out there and and grow the program and and then run it that summer. And so Mm -hmm. that was really helpful with kind of getting experience, and I didn't have as much of a hand in in kind of the budgets and like doing all of the actual work as I have at PCC. and so it was kind of a natural t- transition of doing that sort of a thing, just on a little bit of a bigger scale at a at a college and in the city and cool. with a very defined grant. And so, um, yeah, I'd recommend for people who are interested in getting involved in that is to keep in mind that um, part like half of it is is managing the garden itself, and the other half is like who is this garden for, mm-hmm. and who are who are getting involved, and who do yeah. we need to be part of this project, and yeah. listening to their input and and listening to them is yeah. as important. That's so great. Just who are we serving? Totally. Always also for the students. That's a you know, great it's like for the point. community. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. With c- educational and community gardens, um, the gardening is really only half of it. Mm-hmm. And it's a big half. It's a big half. But <laughs> it's also it's a really it, big pie. Growing gardens half is not easy, pie. but yeah. it's sort of the easier half. And all of the personal dynamics of 
um, recruiting and training volunteers and yeah. plugging mm-hmm. them in and making yeah. them feel appreciated totally. and and listening um, to the wants of the community. Listening yeah. to the wants mm-hmm. of the community is all really important aspects of it. And do you have any recommendations on where people could go to find more about sort of that art of the people part of educational mm. gardens? Yeah, I mean, I, I think spending time in them, there's a lot of them around Portland. We're pretty lucky to have a lot of uh, kind of green spaces and educational garden um, things, the Learning Gardens Lab, mm-hmm. um, the Learning Gardens at all the, you know, at the three PCC campuses that have them. Newberg mm-hmm. Center at PCC is um, creating a garden cool. now as well. And so it's especially the implementation of the garden. That's the best time to learn um, and kind of have your input heard really, really loudly and clearly because we're still so much in the development phase. So mm-hmm. I recommend just, just going and getting involved. There's always things to do at the garden and just being a part of it. Volunteering is a good thing. And I would also add um, Growing Gardens, the Mm -hmm. nonprofit organization has a great training for people who specifically want to get into school gardening. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit bit of a different ball of wax than a community college where you actually have stuff going on in the summer. Mm -hmm. That's a cool Mm -hmm. thing. With school gardens, the awkwardest thing is that when the crops are at their best the, yep. no one is around so, yeah. and I'm lucky enough right now to actually be have a foot in both of them in the afternoons I'm an after school garden educator oh, in cool. elementary school okay, and cool. school ends tomorrow so yeah school uh, is ending tomorrow but there are summer camps so some kids will get to harvest get all the it, yeah. tomatoes we planted at my kids school garden we're coming up with a summer plan uh-huh. of, you know pulling out most stuff and planting some root crops because we have an irrigation system those root crops will hopefully be ready to harvest right about when the kids come Right, back. when school starts. Oh, yeah, man. I know. It's a weird, yeah. weird yeah. timing. <laughs> what kind of root crops are you guys thinking of? I think it's carrots and beets. Yeah. And mm-hmm. truthfully, I'm not involved all that much. <laughs> 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 I helped with the landscape. Yeah. Nice. Got it, got it. Ariel, um, what's your advice for someone listening to the show who wants to be a learning gardens manager? So we talked about sort of getting experience, but overall, what does it take to be in that role? The experience that I've been drawing on the most this year is definitely um, is definitely gardening experience. Um, I worked at a plant nursery last season, and so just learning a lot about how plants grow, especially in the environment that we are in, um, mm-hmm. which is unique to a lot of the country. Um, so that's a huge aspect is just getting comfortable, at least confident with your plant knowledge and mm-hmm. your kind of growing knowledge. Mm-hmm. And then also just being super flexible. There's a lot of stakeholders in this project. There's a lot of people on campus who are excited about it and who have a hand in it. And so just really having an open ear all the time, being super receptive to folks all around campus and the community really cool that's great advice yeah. for for all projects really yeah. just yes. being a good listener <laughs> totally. is one of those life skills that's highly recommended yeah. no kidding. and then yeah. in terms of the gardens that's also great advice is um definitely want to encourage folks to make sure their gardening chops are good and the only way to do that is to either you know grow stuff yourself and experience experience it with trial and error or to have someone else pay you to help with their plants like at a nursery or at a farm or somewhere like that. And I should say by no means an expert but (laughs) it's just by doing it enough you you learn every season you learn and learn and learn and you just grow from there. (laughs) Ariel do you have any favorite uh, stories of people that you've met through the program students who have come through and just have been really excited about gardening? Mm. Yeah, we do have, um, we definitely have a bunch of students that have been really involved from the beginning, really. And uh, there is, um, we do have a student, 
um, who has been a, a big volunteer for us all year. And then yeah. um, she's connected to folks down in Texas, um, uh-huh. is where she's from. And so she brought a bunch of them who came up who were in Portland for a few weeks um, around different colleges and communities. And they came and volunteered for a day. And so it was oh, cool. a really good example of kind of spreading the love and, and using what she's learned and um, from volunteering even just for a few months with sharing with back with her community. It was cool to see her kind of teaching them about all these sorts of things. So that was really great. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. The student becomes the teacher. Yeah, that's always the best. That's a good way to put <laughs> <Totally>. it. <laughs> Ariel, what inspires you the most about your work as the learning garden educator at PCC? Coordinator. Coordinator. Yeah. <laughs> Jargon. So, yeah. Yeah, um, I love hearing people's stories whenever I say either at PCC or just in general that I work in gardening. Everyone always has a story of, oh, my grandma grew this or my family or where I'm from. And I mean, gardening is just such a big part of people's lives and and cultures. And so it's really cool to just hear how people have... uh, have either remember gardening when they were a kid or their families or now how they're plugging back in. So that's a really been really nice to see. That's really Woo-hoo. cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's Arielle Solomon. She's the PCC Southeast Learning Garden Coordinator. And that's been Grow PDX on X Ray FM for this week and via Facebook Live at the Oregonian. This f- show is produced by me, Weston Miller, and Diana Suarez and Will Romy of X Ray FM. You can catch a podcast of the show on Facebook at GrowPDX. Join us again next week at 1 p.m. Thanks so much. Yeah. Woohoo! Now we're going to log off of the Oregonian. Bye. Support for X-Ray FM comes from Portland Nursery. For over 100 years, Portland Nursery has provided Portland residents with a wide selection of healthy plants and expert gardening advice. Community-oriented and family-owned. Portland Nursery, a passion for plants, a nursery for plant people. Located on 50th and Stark and on 90th and Division. X-Ray FM is supported by People's Food Co-op. Since 1970, People's has worked to offer responsibly sourced products at fair prices. Working with over 40 local farms to provide fresh, organic, farm-direct produce year-round. People's is collectively managed by community members throughout Portland. Located on Southeast 21st and Division, People's is open 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. More information about their location on 21st and Division at their weekly farmer's market every Wednesday from 2 to 7 p.m. and online at peoples.coop. Support for X-Ray FM comes from Hi-Fi Farms, a Portland-based clean cannabis company that seeks to empower local organizations in social justice and ethical practices. Through lobbying for socially responsible small businesses alongside the Main Street Alliance, working on energy standards in the cannabis industry with the Resource Innovation Institute, and putting a microphone to the best and most distinctive of Portland with X-Ray FM. When they go low, we go high. Hi-Fi Farms. More information available at hi-fifarms.com.